Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, 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 everybody. We are back at Book Journeys Radio with another exciting episode. Super thrilled to introduce to you today the author of Am I Screwing Up My Kids? It's Randy Rubenstein. She's here with us. And if this is a question that you have asked yourself, I know it's a question I've asked myself. You are going to love meeting Randy, um, and we're going to talk to her both about her book today and also her journey as an author, from having the idea for this book to getting it out into the world, and we'll learn a little bit about what it's been like uh, since her book was published. So, Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, just to get things started and so people know uh, kind of the context of our conversation, um, I want you to tell people, what is Am I Screwing Up My Kids about and who's it for? So I wrote the book for moms, but it turned out that I'm having plenty, plenty of enlightened dads read it. And the subtitle uh, is Tools to Stay Calm, Cool, Connected, and Change Patterns. And so I wrote the book. It's, it's basically about different tools, there's eight different tools that you can use so that you can actually show up as the parent that you really want to be and that you dreamt of being when you decided to have kids during those moments when life is not going your way and your kid's having a meltdown mm. and you're completely triggered. Um, and, and during those moments, you're actually able to show up as that parent that you always wanted to be for your kids. Love that. Totally love that. So um, Randy, Randy's name is actually spelled R-A-N-D-I. So it's randyrubenstein.com. And if you want to check out more about her. So let's talk about why you wanted to write this book. Obviously, one of the big challenges that people face when writing a book is really narrowing in on a book topic. So how did you pick this mm-hmm. one and why? So I picked this book topic. I was teaching some parenting classes for, I don't know, starting about maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And it was a conscious parenting program. It's basically been the way I've raised my kids. It's a great program. There's a lot of really good tools and information in it. And um, believed in it wholeheartedly. But what I was finding is that it's really easy to learn parenting tools and how to do it differently. That's the easy part. The hard part is actually applying those tools when you need them the most. Because what happens is, is you've taken all this time to read things or attend workshops and you've learned all of these things that make so much sense. And you're thinking, wow, I wish I was raised this way. And then you're in life as a regular parent, and, um, and when you find yourself in those moments, basically when the shit's hitting the fan, 
you start operating from all your old programs and your old patterns from the way you were raised, and you, then you feel totally guilty afterwards. And so mm. I was finding when I was, you know, after, after someone would take my class and they were just totally on the path, I would check back in with them, and I could just hear the, well, I wish I could do it the way you do it. I wish that, you know, mm. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And I kind of started noticing that there was a gap in really being able to apply all of these amazing conscious parenting tools. And it's, you know, the ones that I teach, and there's a lot of other great programs out there that teach them. Um, but what good do they do if you can't actually use them when you need them? Then you just feel like a big failure mm. and like you wasted all this time learning stuff and you know what you're doing wrong and you know there's a better way to do it, but you, you know, you're not doing it. And so, um, so I was sensing a lot of mom guilt and like, I know better, but I'm not doing better. And, mm-hmm. um, and it really, it, yeah, I just, that is I just kind feels. of, yeah, I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way to capture it is like, but I do know better. Like, it's really cute mm-hmm. to say, if you know better, you do better, but like, I know better. And then when it's eight fifteen and we were supposed to leave the house at eight ten, suddenly everything I know is no longer working anymore. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and so, and so I really wanted to help people, you know, I, I, I fall in love with everyone that I work with. And when I was, you know, teaching the classes, I was just so hopeful for all these families. And I wanted to share this thing that I had, you know, found and, and what was making my family so much better and me feel better as a person. I wanted to share it and really build a community. And then I was just sensing this hopelessness. And I thought, I've got to do something that is like, you know, graduate level work basically for the parenting classes Mm -hmm. so that people can really apply these things in their life. And so that's why I wrote it. Mm, Absolutely love that. So let's talk about how you envisioned the project being complete. When you got the idea, what were you imagining and how is it similar to or different from what you ended up with? Hmm. You mean when I, when I first signed up to to write a book with you? Yeah, when you thought, because I think a lot of times people think, I want to do a book, I want to be a New York Times bestseller, or they, they have these ideas. So how was the idea mm-hmm. of being an author, like how is that maybe different than what it actually looked like? A lot of people picture writing alone for two or three years. Um, you know, like oh. people have an image of what it's going to be like to write a book, what it's going to be like to get it out in the world. What what surprised you about your process that was different than when you expected? Uh, okay. Well, now I'm just going to totally stroke your ego because it was totally different. It felt like a very daunting task, but yet there was some fire within me that felt like, you know, I, I just, I mean, I've had people over the years saying, you know, when I was on whatever soapbox of the moment, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I really felt like, okay, but who am I to write a book? I'm not even a writer. Mm. And, and, um, and then I just kept kind of getting that call. And, um, and I just felt like, oh, I guess I can write a book. And then I read a little bit about, you know, I'm kind of a fact finder, as you know. And, um, and I researched you and talked to you multiple times. 
And I um, felt like, okay, maybe this is doable. And so when I really was still feeling like, who am I to write a book? I don't even know how to write. Once I joined with you, it really broke it down into such a simplified process. And it was about just finding my own voice and being able to write the way I speak. And um, which really can't be taught. It's just a matter of tapping into that. And so when I sat down to just start doing the process and really writing, writing, and I followed your process exactly, it was not just doable, it was joyful. And um, Mm. like to the joyful to the extent that I would have to turn it off when it was time for me to like, attend to my people and do all my mom stuff because all I wanted to do was sit down and write. So it Mm. was just, um, the whole process for me was really like, it was my first time in my life that I experienced that sense of flow and, um, and it was intoxicating. I mean, I told my husband that the only thing I can compare it to, which this is really sad and I probably shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, but I, it's like doing hard drugs when I was a teenager. Like it was a high <gasps> like that. So um, I'm sure there I loved is it. some sort of endorphin hit or there's some sort of hormonal mm-hmm. thing that happens, especially when you're mm-hmm. in that state of flow and you're not struggling to write. So I want to talk it about just, something it, yeah. super, like it's super mundane. It's so mundane. I've never talked about it on a podcast before, but um mm-hmm. I remember when you were writing your book, you actually had some physical challenges. I think you had some neck issues and maybe a headache. And mm-hmm. um, we never talk about that as writers. Like, you know, if we were football players, we'd be talking about how our knees were affected or whatever all the time. But we never talk about the body and writers and being a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, mm-hmm. like, when I've written books, like, it sounds silly to say it, but, like, my ass is like literally numb for days <laughs> and mm-hmm. like nobody talks about that, but you had, mm-hmm. you had some, some self care work that you had to do while you were writing because your neck was talking to you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to mm-hmm. us about that and how you dealt with it? Yeah, I, um, I really did. I, I had a, I had a major neck ache and it was really, um, I mean, it was it. I think it was my body talking to me. I think it was just me kind of feeling a lot of stress. And, um, and I had to work through it because it was, you know, it was easy to kind of just like focus on the pain and that would take me out of flow. And so I had mm. to, um, I, I just was paying very close attention to my body and my posture and how and like where I was writing like I couldn't be you know I like to write in bed and that you know that angle was really wreaking havoc on my body and so for me to be able to access the words in that state of flow and really get out my message from within I had to set myself up differently like I sat at a table I was real careful about like pulling in my core and having really great posture and once I paid attention to my body um, then my neck started feeling better and I was able to access that state of flow again. 
don't know if that answered it. I think that's so important. It don't. It totally does. But here's what I. This is my take on all this. Whatever. Mm-hmm. What maybe it's whatever the weakest link is, but whatever is going to show up in your life is going to show up when you're writing a book. So mm. if you have bills, you're going to get extra bills. If you have a little neck ache, you're going to get a big neck ache. And I think all mm-hmm. those things are the reason. They're not the actual reason, but they're the reasons that people attribute to not finishing their book. So I've heard people say like, oh, I was writing a book, but then I got carpal tunnel. Or, mm, you know, mm-hmm. like I was writing a book, but then I got pneumonia. Like whatever all the things are that happen. And one thing I think you did really beautifully is to like pay attention to that and listen to it, but not from a victim mentality of, oh, well, this means I have to go home early or this means I'm not going to be able to write, but just like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the situation. Like my body's talking mm-hmm. to me. I'm going to listen, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean we're not going to find a way to get this done. Even if my preference is to be laying in bed, I'm going to be sitting up at a table or I'm going to make these modifications, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to get it done or I'm going to use it as an excuse if other people, even if other people would say, like, yeah, that's a really good reason not to finish. Because you could have left well, you know- early and had some story about, like, I just couldn't write. There was no point in me being there. Well, and, and now that you're saying it, I think it was actually my body telling me, um, get out of bed, like take action and get mm. out of bed, you know, and I don't know that I would have had the same book if I, and I'm really proud of the book. Like when I read back over it, I'm like, Ooh, I wrote that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't even think it would be the same book if I had written it in such a comfort zone. It's almost like I needed to be at a table and um, where it felt more kind of like a professional situation, like I was at a desk and I was at a table, and I think I was able to maybe even access a different voice than I would have had been writing it from the bed. I love that. It's just, it's amazing. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about writer's block. Were there writer's block, procrastination, um, mm-hmm. any sort of delays? Are there, are there delays that you were facing in writing your book or places where you didn't know what to say? And what did you do when that came up? Because I think you do such a beautiful job getting people into that author's feeling state and just the way you break down writing the book. Um, and I think really the format of the three days to done worked for me because it mm. really kept me like on task and accountable. Um, every time I sat down during those chunks of time when it was writing time, I was voracious. I did not have any writer's block and I was annoyed even when those chunks of time were done and the music would come on. Um, like, yeah, you never wanted it. to take a break. <laughs> no, because I'm an extremist. Yeah. yeah, I'm an extremist. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, gosh, what is the deal here? And, um, and I just wanted to keep going and going and going. And so then when the break was over and it was time to go back, I was so excited to get back. Um, so I did mm. not have – I mean, really, I did. I mean, it, 45 years old, I experienced the state of flow for the first time in my life. 
Um, I was never like an athlete or, you know, I just never, I just, I never experienced it that I can remember. I mean, maybe I did when I was a little kid, but not since I can remember. Um, and so it was really intoxicating and kind of addictive. Um, and so I loved that part of it. The only part where I would say I had procrastination was the, you know, like the editing part. And um, the editing part, I just kept kind of wanting to put off because it was, you know, it was like I wrote this thing, but then it's like you get feedback and you have to change things and read mm. the criticism, you know. Like for me, that was that was hard. Like I kept kind of just wanting to put my head in the sand and pretend that it was all okay, you know. And and so so how did you what I ended that? up so what I ended up doing was I copied the model that you had set in three days to done. And I went and I left my family and um, we've got a place close by at the beach. And I went and literally hold myself up for 36 hours and wrote and, and edited and rewrote and did all the stuff I needed to do in two minute. Uh, I mean, two hour blocks, mm, two hours. And I followed them. Yeah. Brilliant. I would like, and I would, and I followed that model and I literally just worked like almost nonstop in the same, and I was in the same state for 36 hours and knocked it out. I never knew that. You didn't tell me that. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think I mm-hmm. should it really it, that into the program. That's brilliant. Yeah, it really works. Because everyone really struggles works. with the editing. It's like, well, now it's done. Can somebody else just fix it and finish it? Why do I have to finish it? It's like the hard right. part. Right. Right, and I don't yeah. want to read, awesome. like, really, you didn't like this? Oh, really, this was, like, I thought, you know, like, there was also, you know, that there was, like, like it was, like, a bruise to my ego every time, you know, I, and I was, like, oh, I don't want to read that. I think I'll, I'll think I'll put it off till tomorrow. I think I'll put it off till yep. tomorrow. And then finally it was, like, no, and I know what worked for me, and I had such a good time doing it. I'm going to go do that. And um, And that was really, and it was really, you know, before I had gotten, I was on this journey, I would have never said to my family, especially after, you know, having been in Washington or whatever, I wouldn't have left my family during the week, you know, when, you know, asked my husband to hold down the fort again. And I just said, look, I think I need to do this. And he was like, yeah, go. And so it was really cool for our relationship too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So let's talk about what's happened since your book, came out um how do you think you have changed personally and then how has it changed you as a coach um it's changed me personally it's given me a lot more confidence and um and really allowed me to believe in myself I think um I finally have something where I have something that feels like such a big accomplishment and it's and and I'm not you know I'm not just talking about it, um, and it and it's really amazing to you know it, it's one thing to have hopes and dreams and maybe one day, but to say like I did this and here it is um, has been huge for me. It really has been. Mm-hmm. I, I feel really proud. I feel really proud of myself. That's awesome. And I love that feeling. And, it's, and the. And, the, and what has it done for me? As a, the thing I didn't, I was just telling a client this morning, the thing I didn't anticipate was how much it would um, just, it would make my coaching 
program more um, successful and, um, and really produce bigger results for people because I just didn't realize like having, so I'm taking people through the program of the book in a deeper dive way. And, um, and it's amazing to have this curriculum format where they read, you know, a chapter, they do a homework assignment, and then we have a coaching session and we talk about what they learn, but we apply it to their life. Yeah. And right. it's a super powerful way for people to learn. And I'm just seeing huge results in eight weeks. And it feels, I mean, it feels amazing because I just really feel like I'm able to deliver um, in a bigger way. I think that and that was one of the biggest surprises for me. I had been doing book coaching and editing and playing a role in people's books for about 17 years before I wrote down mm-hmm. the different process. And I mm-hmm. even said, um, I, like, I remember arguing, you know, argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. Um, mm-hmm. So I even said, like, there is no process. What I do with every single person totally depends on the author and where they are. I'm like, there's no way to have a process. I really rebelled against that. And Mm -hmm. when I finally wrote down a process, um, I had a friend who was like, well, let's just see, like, what are the things you say most often to people? And when she started asking, I was like, oh, there kind of is a process. Like, I do it differently with everyone, but there are Mm -hmm. sort of 10 things that I say to everyone in different ways with different outcomes. And once I wrote that down, it was like, immediately it took me two hours to write it down and it got Mm -hmm. refined you know over time but it it took me two hours to write down the first time the next time I got on the phone with a client I was a better coach because I knew Mm -hmm. right where they were in the process I knew what they Mm -hmm. had done and what they hadn't done like it was it having that framework completely changed me as a coach I got Mm -hmm. such better results for my clients because I knew what was missing, I knew what I had to cover, I knew what I had to go deeper on. And then after the book was done, and I love, I've never seen anyone do it exactly the way you're doing it, but it's brilliant. It's like, you're going to go read this chapter. That's great. Like, we've all read lots of books. But now we're going to take a week and work together and actually apply it. Mm -hmm. So powerful. It's so different than just teaching you know, mm-hmm. you could teach this information and people could go home and do it on their own. But I mm-hmm. think if you don't have that accountability of working with a coach, you're probably never going to get around to it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's made me a better coach, a more effective coach. And, um, and, that, and that just builds momentum for me to, you know, I've been, I mean, I'm kind of a perpetual learner, um, but I've been bringing a lot of new, you know, modalities into my coaching and my life just based on what I'm learning from my clients as I take them through this process. And it's like there needs to be more, you know, of that kind of energetic work and more of them understanding um, that this is something bigger than just words. There needs to be experiences and um, mm. and so it's just like it's really been it's really been very powerful for me, yeah. So I remember your ideal reader that we talked about your book being a love letter to this one person. The clients you have worked with, what 
are they like? And how do they compare to the person who you imagined you were writing the book for? You know, it's funny. Um, client, the client that I wrote it for, she really um, is a distractor and she puts her head in the sand and she checks out and she numbs out. And then she feels super guilty that she's not showing up in a present way for her kids. Um, and she, she struggles with anxiety. I mean, recently somebody added me to a mom's group and she's in it of moms that have kids with anxiety and Mm. all of the posts are like, get by your kid, this book on meditation, you know, know, does anybody, you know, does anybody know uh, a child, you know, therapist that focuses on anxiety? Like all they want to do is send their kids somewhere to be fixed. And Mm -hmm. there's no talk about doing the work themselves. And, um, and, and it's interesting. She's in that group. And, um, and so I've been kind of putting some posts out there. I've been pretty brazen. Like, you know, when the mom is calm, the kids calm down and, um, Mm -hmm. and just, and, and, you know, anxiety's talked about, I made him a video. Anxiety's talked about in this negative way in our society, but really it could be seen as your superpower. And this is why, um, and really kind of, you know, doing some thought turnaround and, and, and saying like, it's about taking action yourself. And, um, and it's funny because I do have several clients that have, been drawn to me through the book who struggle with anxiety themselves and they see it in their kids. And then once we start coaching, they realize like, oh, and they, you know, they come forth, well, actually I've been on anxiety meds or, you know, whatever for however many years. And I, you know, and I, and I teach them how to listen to their body. And there's been a handful of them that like after our, our coaching is done, they're, you know, they're sending me a message off all my meds feeling great. And so um, I do think that that is my ideal reader. But interestingly enough, I have been having huge results with the moms who are kind of on the other end of the spectrum where they are the, the yellers and the more aggressive moms. And, um, and lately I've actually been gearing some of my blogs for them because it's been super fun to work with those moms because man, they're action takers and to just soften that aggression to a place of assertiveness is really not a very difficult thing to do because they just get it. And they're just like, they, they feel guilty that they've been yelling, but they're also like these kind of take charge people. So I, um, I, I really have been enjoying working with the yellers. <laughs> so that, I and love that's, that. And that's, and that's, you know, and my ideal reader, she's a closet yeller. You know, she's the one that it seems like the camp counselor um, who you would never think was yelling at her kid behind closed doors. And in private, she's yelling her head off. Like she's starting all, you know, camp counselory. And it always is ending in a power struggle and her losing her cool. Yeah. So, you know, I really think that that, like what I've been saying lately when people say, what do you do? I say, I help moms keep their cool during heated moments. And that's really kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. In our last couple minutes of the show, um, I would love for you to share your advice to somebody who 
has a message, has a passion. Obviously, conscious parenting has been a passion of yours for a long time. They would love to make a difference with it, but they're not sure how to get their book finished. What would you say uh, to somebody who's in that situation? I mean, obviously, your program worked for me. I have a book, <laughs> and um, I have a book. But I'm really not looking for a plug there. Like, what's the? what do you think? Because part of it's my program, but... What do you think you did differently that allowed you to get the book finished? Hmm. What did I do differently that allowed me to get the book finished? I think I just, um, you know, there's that saying of you become like the five people you surround yourself with, so choose wisely. Um, I think I started surrounding myself with action takers. And, um, mm-hmm. and people who had accomplished what I would like to accomplish. And it mm. let me know that this is super doable. And, you know, who am I to write a book? Who am I not to write a book? If I've been called to do this and I feel so passionate about it that I want to talk about it all the time, you know, I need to stop talking about it to people that don't want to hear it and get something out there so that the people that do want to hear it can find me and I can help them. I love it. Perfect last words. Randy Rubenstein or Rubenstein? Rubenstein. Rubenstein. Yeah, you got it. Yes, Randy Rubenstein. I just forgot who you were. Randy Rubenstein, the author of Am I Screwing Up My Kids? You can find it on Amazon or at randyrubenstein.com. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks, Angela. Thanks for everything. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.